In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to a very special Comic Exposure 100 Brews Cooperative Podcast. Uh, I am Josh Buckley, and my podcast pilsner is the one and only... Travis, kind of an insult to be a podcast pilsner. (laughs) Travis Rats and I... Is that the little pilsner when you push his button? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. Uh, We like to talk about comic books. Uh, this is a special episode of uh, of Comic Exposure, and I feel that we've left Travis out of this special episode <laughs> a little bit. Uh, we have two guests on the podcast tonight, uh, and we are going to talk about a book called The Comic Book Story of Beer, after three of us in the room have spent the afternoon pounding pounding <laughs> various crazy beers at the, uh, what's it called, the... The wild, wild and woody, wild and woody beer fest, beer fest, beer, beer. Uh, brew con, beer. if yeah, you will, beer, yeah, beer it's con, a, it's a, it's for sure, beer con, beer con. It was, I was a real brouhaha. It, it was indeed. It was indeed. Uh, so on the podcast today, Travis, we have two guests. Okay, I can't you, see them through the, the haze. I just chugged a beer. <laughs> <laughs> to catch up, you want to I'm already done. I'm already past. You want to introduce our two guests? Let's introduce our two okay, guests. Okay, we have uh, we have oh, over here across from me to my right. We have Anthony, the beer drinking man. Let me let me let me st- take a step back. Over here to my right, we have the Sultan of Suds, the King of Coors. We have the hundred brews in the house, Anthony Salaya. He, Anthony Salai, has his own blog, his own website called 100brews.com. That is 100, the number, the word brews.com, where you can go for all your beer blogging needs. Um, and over to his left, we have... His, his right, your left. Oh, his right, yeah. His right. Are we going to be doing directions the whole time? <laughs> you're, you're doing it. I don't know. This is Nobody would have known if you said anything. You're right. People call the radio. People so. call him the Sobek. We know him as Michael Sobek. Michael Sobek, everyone. Although he is not as knowledgeable on beers as Anthony, he has probably drank more beers than the rest of us combined here in this room. So he is here for his. He he is wow. here for the lifeguarding aspect of this to make sure that if anyone gets too drunk, we immediately give them more beer until they shit themselves. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. This is a joint adventure with. As you can tell, my buddy uh, fixed that vomit. <laughs> chug this. Just have another one. Just we drink just more. Put this down here. Just, just a little bit. More. <laughs> okay. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So, Travis, you better drink up, man. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. You're pretty I'm drinking. Far behind. So Travis is uh, Travis is uh, at this point when this bad boy airs. Travis will be in Japan. He will be living in Japan, pursuing education. So That's as right. we record this, we're recording this before Travis takes off to Japan. We went to this wonderful beer fest day without Travis. I feel like you should have came, but you have family in town, right? I do. Screw family. Family, family second ah, beer fest. Do I feel like a three-year-old would fit it right perfectly with uh, beer fest? You should yeah. have brought the three-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we it needed the designated driver. We did. So, uh, so <laughs> we're doing this. We, uh, Anthony came on the podcast. I don't know, a couple episodes. Handful ago. of podcasts ago. Yeah, handful of podcasts ago. And he said, you guys should really read 
the comic book story of beer. Yeah. So we were like, we should. And that, and that, we did. That sounds right up our alley. We did, like, in a very short amount of time, yes, too. Yeah. Uh, um, we're on a tight schedule because you're leaving. So I feel like I've read more comic books in the last, like, three weeks than I have in my entire life. I, I feel think. like we've done a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> so uh, we picked up this book. On the uh, 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 on the advice of uh, Mr. Salaya, oh, man, it's gonna get stinky. It's gonna be like a very burpy podcast, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna talk about it today. We're gonna talk about the history of beer as we make our way through several beers. Yeah. So, Anthony, you brought this was the book that that you read that you recommended, yep. and it is the history of beer. It is a, uh, a it really does take you through like the entire oh, history of sure. beer. It's not just like oh we're gonna skip around. It's no. the whole history of beer. And you decided to be cool to actually pull some beers that's mentioned my, in this book. That's what I'm known for. Pulling uh, beers, man. <laughs> bringing, bringing the good beers. Not to pulling the chicks. Not pulling chicks. chicks. Oh, beers. oh, guys. I've, I was at the I've bar been, last been, night. I've been in the same so relationship for the past eight years. I mean, I'm not known for pulling chicks. I pulled one chick and that just happened to work. <laughs> well, good on you. Good on you. All right, so why don't you tell us about the first and, beer? Okay, so first our, beer we're taking. Our first beer comes from Seattle, Washington, Red Hook. Uh, they're currently on the stock exchange with Brew, B R E W. Um, look so at this guy! Hey, oh, well, they're 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 up they're there. The they're moving, um, and they've been helping my portfolio over the past three weeks. Insider trading, huh? No, insider trading. What? Just invest. Help my por- <laughs> help my, por- uh, my portfolio out. But Red Hook makes a really good ESB, which is uh, common to England, which probably pops in in this book probably halfway through when we're talking about English beers. Uh, but this is probably the best ESB extra special bitter ale that I've had uh, anywhere. Um, and they mass produce it, and it's, um, I don't know if you, you're all drinking it, but... I haven't sipped it yet. I was waiting you're, to hear the explanation. But now, this, now I'm going to take a sample of its bouquet. <laughs> but as far as ESPs go, it's a, it's a real easy bitter uh, to drink. It's smooth. It doesn't really uh, overwhelm the senses, and it's, um, it's a nice one, yeah. So, you, like, something called, I expected bitterer. Bit, more bitter? Really a bitter beer. The more bitter beer face. Well, for extra yeah. special bitter. So, I expect it, but it's good. I like it. I like it. Here's what I learned about this type of beer. And tell me if I'm right, because I did read this very quickly. So when we when the Roman Empire falls, right? And uh, <laughs> it's a, it a big question when you start with the Roman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some history blah blah blah, blah big bangs, people whatever it is, then then uh, uh, Jesus and uh, the fall of the Roman Empire, and then we get to England. Yep. And with the English, the English beer is when they brought oh, when they started putting hops in beer. The, the English didn't like it at first, right? right? They were they were opposed to the hoppy flavor mm-hmm. of it, so they were drinking more of what was a, more at that point a traditional ale, yeah, correct, yeah, which is what our English people in the room Shakespeare always puts in his plays, even though there was. Uh, um, uh, beer with hops in it. He never called anything beer. He's like, let's drink some beer or let's go to the the beer house. Mm-hmm. It was always ale. It was always mm-hmm. ale house. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony, um, or anyone uh, who has read this book, um, this this the history of this beer comes like, what's the cool thing about the history of this beer? Like, I'm drinking this. Like, what do I need? To, what, what do our listeners need to know about this? I think that this is uh, a type of beer that you'll find pretty common throughout England. I have a friend who uh, was stationed in England. Um, 20, 30 years ago. And uh, what he looks for now when he goes to breweries are bitter ales, just like this ESB. Um, and so I, this is a very common uh, English beer um, that you'll find um, throughout the United Kingdom um, or for what it, it is now. But this is something that people recognize as far as being an English beer or English style of beer. And what's the, what you just said there, what we were just talking about, 
one of the things I liked about reading this book, because I know nothing about beer. I've been drinking it for longer than I should legally say. Uh, and uh, I just consume it. And I know, like, I, I know a little bit about it, but I, I quickly forget it. Reading this book, it's really neat because I feel like uh, Anthony has always been someone who can have geeky conversations about beer. The way, like, Josh and I yeah. can geek out about comics for, like, hours. Anthony can talk about beer. And yeah. I didn't know, I don't, I didn't know even know how to get into that conversation. Uh, and this book gives you a really great way to enter the conversation about beer. For sure. It's too much to, there's too much in here to learn on the first read. Yeah. But I think approaching it from the historical uh, aspects or like when Anthony's like, this is a traditional in- English beer. And you're like, oh, okay, well, let me go through my decks from this comic book. And what do I know about English beer? Well, at first they didn't like hops and then they, you know, did this one. Now I have a baseline on how to enter conversations and get kind of geeky. Still beginning, beginning level. But this book, man, this book Anyone who uh, is interested in beer or anyone who has like a, yep. just started home brewing, this is a must-get gift. Yeah, very dense with information, which is nice. Yeah, a ton of stuff. So one of the things I thought was, was interesting is like a former history teacher, and uh, I like the idea that this is a view of history through beer. Mm-hmm. Not through like disaster, not through war, not through religion. You know, not or, through religion, yeah. but through the lens of of beer through the foggy yeah. <laughs> through the goggles through the beer goggles yeah. of beer I agree because like as someone who's been to the pyramids right people talk about like aliens building, building that shit but when you read this book to fucking drunk people right it's like people who want fucking beer yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. they want to drink want, we don't want beer I'm when we want block. it now just give me some beer to take home that makes much more sense than aliens coming down and constructing the fucking pyramids which is also like it's also very cool because like if they're drunk like in, like if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're like, okay, one well, more beer left. The drunkest person is like, oh, whatever, give me the beer. Like, what are you gonna do for this beer? Oh, you're, whatever, you're gonna, I'll do you're it. Push I'll this granite it. rock. Yeah. And once you drink out of the toilet, <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. You basically extrapolate that, and you have the building of the pyramids. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's how it works. I think that's what it was. The pharaoh was like a douchey fraternity, brother. Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Bro. I want to build. I want to build a really great monument to me. It's got to be huge. It's gonna be huge, uh, bro. <laughs> never have I ever had a monument built my name. We're gonna fix this shit right now. <laughs> Drink. Yeah, all right, here we go. Drink up. <laughs> So um, yeah, so that's that's kind of like we we jumped in with the first beer, and that's just kind of a taste of I think um, uh, well literally a taste of this book. We're we're drinking uh, some of this book uh, as we talk about it. But um, did we already talk about the artist and writer? Uh, no. So so we're the comic book story of beer uh, is written by uh, Jonathan Hennessy and Mike Smith. Uh, the art's by Aaron McConnell, and the lettering is by Tom Orzhowski. And I'm going to guess with my Polish background, I'm pretty close to that's how you say that name. Uh, so they decided to throw this book together. Uh, and here's what I'm going to tell you, Travis. I would probably not read a book on beer, like a novel. On, or not a novel. It wouldn't be a novel. You know, I probably wouldn't read a, a nonfiction right. book on beer. But because I'm a nerd and you give me pictures... I will totally read this book. Yeah. It's much less intimidating than yeah. picking up like a uh, soft cover book on beer yeah. at uh, Barnes & Noble. Totally. And um, I, I think that this is like, Sobek, you um, uh, are in here as a beer consumer. Like I know that you, uh, I've been to the, for lack of a better, we're going to call it pub. I've been to the pub with you. 
Uh, and you're really like when you go, you're always talking about like, oh, you should drink this one because it's like lighter, or like, oh, if you're getting food, you should get this one or try this one. The, so you, the you, IBU, it's got like a really good yeah, 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 level. This, this is a little, a little bit hoppier. This one's got a, a good citrus flavor. So where did you get your uh, uh, as someone who didn't read this book? Where did you get your knowledge of beer from? Uh, pretty much all my knowledge I actually got from my uh, my old roommate uh, Kyle. Um, and Shout out to Kyle. Yeah, what Kyle Flieger, ValleyOfTheSuns.com. Uh, he, he actually has his, his own blog and like writes for Valley of the Suns, which is the Phoenix Suns, if you like sports at all. Um, but Not this just, crap. Just saying, <laughs> wrong group. But, um, you know, sports and comics can go together sometimes, yeah. Yeah. maybe. Um, but he, uh, he, we started going to Arizona Wilderness and a few other of the, the local breweries around here. And it was just, it just uh, when you're in college and you just drink like Natty Light and PBR and, <laughs> PBR. and Milwaukee's Best, it, there's it's there's not a whole lot of uh, extra flavor to it. Um, so when you get to experience uh, all the different things, that, and this book covers it really well, the porters and the IPAs and the stouts and the saisons and the the whip beers and all the different like styles of beer. Um, just being able to to actually be uh, with someone who's actually taken the the tests um, and is like has been around that that culture for long enough. It's 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 kind of interesting getting to experiment with all of the different flavors and how all of them are are made slightly differently and the different so um, the different ways that it, it actually. Um, what goes into the brewery, mm-hmm. um, and so like the the book itself it actually covers all of that, yeah. really like in depth for a comic book. So it was no, kind of cool. Doing and that. that's the thing, as a casual beer drinker, uh, all those <clears throat> terms that you threw out, like all these different types of beer, or, or when you hear in the bar, or if you're looking at a, a beer list, you see all like like pilsner or IPA. Yeah. I mean, those are like uh, some basic <clears throat> ones, but then you go into uh, 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 deeper cuts. You're like, yeah. well, I've heard all these terms, mm-hmm. but I, di- I don't know how they stack up against each other. I go, I, some of these terms I thought were interchangeable with other terms. I thought that was just another name for like a, this was another name for an IPA. And yeah, I like, didn't realize those subtle differences. Like there's a difference involved. between a lager and everything else. A lager and a pilsner, right. probably yeah. the closest. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like like or like the, an IPA is actually an India Pale Ale. Yeah, but it's not like a pale ale at all. Yeah. So like, if you just think about it, you're like, oh, it's a pale ale. It's got to be the same. But they're way more. The IPA is something that's way hoppier, and so it's got a completely different like palette of flavors. And I think that was the, the, so. as as we read through this, and it's kind of some of the like stuff that stuck out. Uh, the whole idea that like the reason why IPAs are so hoppy is because they had to travel so far, yeah, and they needed them to last, right? <laughs> yeah, like, the hops are the preservative, right? right? Like the only way you could get beer from yeah. uh, to the English area all the way to the England Ar- around the Africa in right, into India, India yeah. was to put a shit ton of hops in it, yeah, oh. and it's those little nuggets where you're like. Oh, oh, that's why. That's why it's that like, makes sense. And all those soldiers in India, and like the comic book is like, and they all got back, and they're like, I want that shit. I want that. I got used to drinking this like super hoppy yeah. beer, um, and I thought that that was kind of like an interesting take on it. Like, oh, I didn't even know that was that was part of it. Like, that's this kind of like cool idea around what it is. I didn't know what a hop was. I didn't know it was associated with asparagus at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like anything, like, invention comes out of necessity, right? Yeah, yeah. So you needed to keep your beer preserved enough to get to India, 
well, let's we'll throw some hops in this shit. And so we got this new kind of like beer Like they do with salt with everything else, you yeah. know? It's yeah. like, oh, this is how we get salt. Yeah. Shh. That's how we get Throw drink. it in there, yeah. you know? And I think that, uh, let's talk about, let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about how this book opens up. Well, I, feel I mean, it's, right. it's a quick, anybody need another one? Uh, gonna, yeah, I guess we should yeah. get our second. Our second. Uh, We've been at this for later. a while. Time to get to the next All right. one. All right, second, second beer. Well, Andy's gonna grab a second beer. I'm interested to see what he pulls out. Oh, so, right. um, right. oh, hey, put your dick back in your pants, kid. <laughs> Not that. Um, so, uh, uh, at the beginning of it, starts off. It almost starts off like. Uh, a weird kind of beer commercial where like this guy wakes up like obviously hung over on the couch <laughs> yeah, right and like his buddy calls him and it's like really bro it's like bro yo our buddy Kyle's in town his flight's delayed but yo he's getting married bro yeah and he's like what he goes that's a total Kyle thing to do and he's like alright we need you to pick up some brew and we need you to bring it over the, the house but don't pick any of that shitty domestic shit we need to impress this girl like and so he, this guy goes to this beer store and he's like, um, uh, what's the line He's here? like, what's good? What's good? And, and oh, the, yeah. Beer is good. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and then the guy turns to him and goes, beer is good. And that's your introduction to it. So you go, and then from there you shoot back in time, uh, you know, like, like two millennia. Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and so. A little bit more than that. Very good. Welcome good. to Whole Foods. Let me talk to you a little bit. This, this book has a, uh, it's, there's a lot of just cold hard fact and knowledge and a lot of information thrown at you, but it does have a sense of humor about itself. This isn't just like uh, we just translated a, an encyclopedia about beer into yeah. a comic book. Now this is like people took time to make inside jokes, not only with the writing, um, the, the storytelling, too, yeah. but yeah. the art as well. So I liked how they opened it up because it was like that kind of um, the stigma, the beer stigma, right? Yeah. Some dude, some dude in his mid twenties waking up hungover on the couch, only to start drinking again, and not really concerned about what he's drinking, just about getting drunk. Uh, and all of a sudden, he encounters this guy who's like, uh, he has to like actually impress people. He's like, so the, I thought that that whole kind of idea about uh, needing to impress those people, like you said, is a funny thing because there's this daunting thing. Whenever you go into a a beer place, yeah, and there's a wall. I mean, I run a I run a beer blog, and I feel that daunting. <laughs> it's like the chalk wall. If yeah, you know, everything's written in chalk on all of the yeah. boards. Yeah, there's this giant thing of beer, and you're like, what the hell do I even pick? And mm-hmm. you know, there's this thing where it's become it's become easier to find beer, more beer, but there's just. So much of it. So much beer. That it's hard to pick out. 4,300 breweries in the United States. And also the fact that I get fooled by branding. That's a lot of beer. That's I, a lot of beer. I get fooled by branding all the time. I'm That's like, why you're going to pick the coolest name yeah. or like the best design. Yeah. And it, it turns out like the best beer is like that beer you brought over when we did the previous podcast on All My Ghosts. Plenty of the Elder. Yeah, like one of the best super beers simple. you said. Yeah, just super simple label, super, super simple name. So I, but I was, you said something, Josh, about like how it can be really intimidating walking yeah. into like, I feel that there's an analogy to be made there for people who aren't in the comics you're walking right, you're into right. a comic book store. For sure. Like, you know, we started this podcast to expose people to comics, and we, we try to pick books, and at, at the end we always talk about, who would you give this to? Yeah. And sometimes we're like, oh, someone who's never read a comic. Other times we're like, uh, you might want to, like, dip your toes in first. Uh, so I think this is, like, a, a great way to expose people to, to beer uh, yeah. and make you more comfortable coming in. They need, like, a history of comic book shops for people who are afraid to walk in comic book shops and be like, okay, there's this character called Superman. Now, you're going to hear him a lot, okay? Uh, he's not so much popular now, but we still buy his comics just because we feel like we have to. 
So let me let me ask you, gentlemen. We're on we're on beer number two. Yep. All right. So Apocalypse. Uh, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna let Sobek Sobek Ooh. first showed me the Apocalypse. So I'm gonna let Sobek Sobek tell us about the good old Apocalypse. It's, it's funny because the I first showed it to you the last time I was on this podcast. I was we were reading Alex and Ada, and I was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, and I first had it at Boulders on Southern, um, and oh my gosh! So it's it's from Prescott Brewing, and it's a chocolate porter, and it's got just this really rich chocolate flavor. I don't want to say it's like chocolate milk because, like, it's not really like a milk stout so much, um, but it does have those really rich cocoa. Like tones to almost it, like a, uh, like a mocha, like almost like a cafe, like a coffee, like it's, a coffee. Yeah, it's though, got almost. a nostalgic yeah. feel to it. Smell yeah. to it though, like you uh-huh. smell it, Yoo-hoo. and then you, you have oh. like this yeah. nostalgic feel. Yeah. It is yeah. like a chocolate Yoo-hoo. milk or like a something you would make as a kid, and I think that's what draws at least me to it. Sorry to right. interrupt you so much, but like know. there's yeah. that nostalgic feel to it that is special. Now that it, it is almost like that that chocolate milk in that yeah. sense, in that, in that yeah. way that you you really well, are like, kind of like drawn to that, that bunny, smell, like that chocolate yeah. Easter yeah. bunny. There's just mm-hmm. something about the Cadbury egg type, yeah, of, like, yeah. kind of flavor. So here's my thing about beers like this, and maybe as uh, beer experts here, so like beers like this, when you like. If you were like go to like a game or something like that, or like your buddy was coming over at night, can you buy this and still keep your cred? I know because I know like there's like there like there's some like no, this isn't a novelty beer. Is it delicious? But it is have like that. It's called a chocolate, you yeah. know. And they have those novelty beers out there. That's like you know jalapeno beer <laughs> or like you know this type of stuff. And like, what's the etiquette right. on? So, big. Um, why don't you go first and talk about this party thing? Uh, well, so like for for me, I don't think it's a novelty beer. Um, one of the big things that, that I, I like is that when you get out of like uh, uh, like the college age, where you just you're getting you like a twenty four <laughs> pack of whatever is the cheapest because you have no money, then you can actually start to experience all of the actual flavors that you have with beer um, with and even with other alcohols and things like that. So for me, this isn't like the, this for me is like, I, this is like my go-to. If I'm going to go to a, like a party, I'm going to be like, I'm going to bring the chocolates. I'm going to bring like a stout or something that's like rich. Um, but that's because I really like that, that rich flavor of the beer. And it's something that I think can introduce people to things outside of, Budweiser and Coors <laughs> and all of those things. Um, but Plus, if you're like, going to girls like a, love it and you get, you use it to get right, drunk really right fast. because yeah, they're yeah. like they, they <laughs> taste the Coors and there they're it like, is they're like, there it is it's not good but they taste this is like oh, oh it's it's chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah you can have three here you go here's some more <laughs> so maybe um, <laughs> so it's not like one of like the uh, like super novelty I don't think it, it is really sweet but I don't consider it like one of those like candy like girly-ish it's not like drinks. popcorn uh, right. jelly bean beer <laughs> or something like that right, now Anthony right. where does this so. fall as far as in like the history of beer from this book is this and they talk in the book about how they would um uh, there's a way to uh, uh, add hops and oils and stuff in after almost the uh, the brewing process. Like it's uh-huh. our, um, I'm, I'm butchering this, but so where does this? Where do like beers like uh, fusion almost almost like fusion beers come in sure. in the history of the beer timeline? This definitely comes in later. Um, you have your porter base, um, you have your porter base, and then you start adding stuff to it. So like in this case, um, I, I haven't been to Prescott. I don't know what they do for this beer, but. For the flavor that it has, there's no way that they achieve this amount of chocolate 
with their barley, their roasted barley alone. Right. So they they definitely added chocolate um, later on in the in the brewing process after it uh, fermented and gained alcohol. Um, so this is a lot of things that a lot of breweries are doing nowadays, especially when you look at like uh, passion fruit beers, pineapple beers, grapefruit beers. These are things that are coming in later into the brewing process after it's fermented, after they've uh, allowed the the yeast to, to eat its sugar and to create alcohol. You throw in this flavoring or you throw in this fruit or you throw in whatever it is that you're looking to create. You throw it into the batch and let it... Uh, you let it set for the remainder of the time that it has to let it condition and then you get this unique flavor out of it and I think this is a lot of what modern beers are doing so this definitely falls in much more recently in the uh, yeah I I always thought like uh, beers like this like it was like a syrup like I was like like the way you'd make like snow cones. Like yeah. oh, we have our base, and then let's let's throw some chocolate flavoring yeah. syrup into the the batch. No, this but is... when you read this book, you realize uh, one of the things that really surprised me about this book. I guess it didn't surprise me, uh, but uh, there is a section in this book. My favorite section in this book is I think it's like chapter two or chapter three. It's like making how how beer is made, and they go through the process of. Uh, how beer is made? Like, uh, there's like it's like an eleven step process yeah. for like you know your typical beers, uh, and it was fascinating because I thought that there are so many points in the process where things can go wrong. Yeah, um, and then so first of all, you have to get through like all like eleven parts of this process and not have anything go wrong to have it that just tastes and has alcohol and it's fermented like beer. The second thing is. If you're trying to get a certain flavor, you have to be able to repeat all those variables over and over again. Yeah. At one point, they talk about a certain beer that is actually um, um, the yeast is from the room. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it, they don't add the yeast; it's from the bacteria in the room. So they open the cask, and all they use like the all, all the bacteria in the air will go in and actually create the yeast in the batches. And it was kind of cool. Like uh, different breweries have different flavors, just yeah. because of like the. No, and there are the microbes that are in yeah. that place. And there are guys yeah. who won't change shingles on the roof of the brewery because they're afraid it's going to affect the flavor of the beer, <laughs> which is such a craftsman thing to, to think about. For sure. Like comic book artists who only use like... A certain kind of pencil. Yeah, right? yeah. And like it's like they, it's been out of stock since like 1985 and they bought like 200 <laughs> of them and they're like, once the last one goes, like, we're done. No more comics. <laughs> uh, so it, one of the things, you just mentioned the yeast and one of the things I think that this book does well is it... I don't want to say it dumbs it down, but the little yeast simplifies like, it. It simplifies it. Like the yeast is like a little uh, Lego, Lego guy. Little, like the, there's like <laughs> chompy monsters in yeah. it, and they, they you know they eat up the stuff and turn into sugar. Yeah. Yeast is the most amazing thing of all of this, right? Because yeast comes in different variants, different strands. Uh, for so like the yeast for like beer and wine are different than the yeast for like coffee. And so depending on where you are in the world, you'll get different types of yeast wherever you're at. And so there's a, a lot of been a, a lot of recent studies recently for like yeast studies, and so they found that they could transplant the yeast from like South America to uh, Kenya to create different strands of coffee. Um, so like you can start blending coffee from like a Kenyan coffee and then like a Colombian coffee. You can start blending those types of yeast, um, and there's still you know those things still out there exist out there for for beer. But yeast is a very unique part of this process not only for beer and for wine and for alcohol but for coffee that are still being discovered and still being blended i, I want you to um 
If you ever start a podcast with your Hundred Brews blog, I want you to call it Yeast Infection. Hundred <laughs> uh, Brews presents uh, Yeast Infection. I think half my res- <laughs> my subscribers would be there for the wrong reason. <laughs> That's good. You get you hook them. Yeah, you hook them in. Hook Wait, this is like how come I haven't figured out? Why haven't they told me? What's Why isn't this working? Yet? Okay, I'm drinking, but it's still there. I can't. I can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. This porter isn't helping. <laughs> this drinking got me into this situation. How many clients am I supposed to drink? <laughs> Any sense? Uh, one of the as we go through it, here's what here's what I want to ask. I want to ask, uh, what was the most interesting little story? And I know, so Beth, you were uh, reading this on the way out to out there. Right, right. It was. It was I read the, the whole thing, thing. Yeah. on the uh, way out there. So I'm going to ask sick? you. You had something you found early on that you thought was kind of cool. So, well, like, what did you think was one of the cool little? Uh, Nuggets in here. Now, are you talking about the the Ninkasi part? Yeah, or are you talking yeah, about the, 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 the It's part. made of the bread. It's the why well, the food of life. <laughs> that yeah, goes to what so, Anthony was just talking about <clears throat> the yeast, the power of yeast. Yeah, yeah. It's the, you talked the about Ninkasi. Beer is the food of life. Um, but I was I was talking about Ninkasi. I was just like, uh, there's Ninkasi Brewing Brewing Company, and so when I saw the the oh, part about yeah. Ninkasi, I was like, oh wow, this 20. is this is crazy. Um, and so. Just as I'm reading this, it's all this like history of like Sumeria and where all this stuff. And so there's uh, actually um, there's a uh, what's it called like the box there? The panel. panel. The panel. The panel. Yeah, you know, it's <coughs> almost the same thing. Totally. Um, it says so. Um, <laughs> there's this panel, and it says, "Ninkasi, you are the one who pours out the filtered beer of the collector vat." <laughs> It's like the onrush of the Tigris and Euphrates. And it's got this, like, scantily clad woman carrying, like, a uh, like big jug of, of beer. I'm assuming it's beer. I don't know what else she would be carrying in a big jug. Water. Um, but it's but just... Thing, like, you couldn't drink water back in the day, so everybody right. just drank beer. Which right. Is, yeah, I mean, because they ferment it, and it, it, the, it. it, like, cleans out all of the... Like, the distillery process, like, kills all of the... The harmful bacteria, I guess, but it's just cool. Like they, they actually like almost like worship beer, and or Ninkasi was one of the the gods of Sumeria, and just like in in ancient Egypt is like, I, it's like their state drink of ancient Egypt. And like, you, they do. <laughs> and that's a good point. They they do uh, early on in the history uh, of beer this thing. They really they really tie it to um, different religions and also like the the. Uh, um, uh, Polytheism, and then you know, with Christ coming yeah, even in, Christianity, and then right. also like the the exile of beer from like the Roman uh, Empire, right. uh, you and know, because like it was everything's wine. Yeah, Bible. yeah, they're like, yeah, <laughs> they're like, wine is good, beer is bad, uh, and so like that stuff is like, it's it's a really kind of a, 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 a great current through history. So Josh asked the question, Anthony. So what was your favorite like story? Uh, you know, maybe like. <clears throat> Surprising story or anecdote about beer. I think, I think what I like most about this book is the perspective that it takes. Anthony, that's not what I asked you. I asked you what was your favorite <laughs> anecdote or story about beer. Oh my god! Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the very uh, I appreciate the first like three chapters of this book because of the uh, it takes a historical perspective from beer that like beer is the driving force of humanity that we settled down and started like raising crops and like 
because so of beer, right? Beer. We leave like the the barley <laughs> and the wheat in a bucket and the bottle in the, in the ground. So we wait a while, and there it comes up. We got beer. So this is a you know why we stop being a, a, a nomadic society, and then we start looking at well, why are people moving and why are people like doing things that they're supposed to? It's not because of aliens, it's because of it's because of beer, yeah. right? And I think that is the most interesting perspective that, especially when you think about like America and like our society, like alcohol and drinking hasn't always had the most positive of um, connotation connotation right we have prohibition we have people who see drinking and beer as being a negative but when you look at it historically like it's drinking and beer and this is is a momentous thing that we are, are are collective on that we like because of beer we've moved forward as far as being a a settling society a society that grows and plants crops and brews beer and and not just in the ancient times but even in european history like our monks are what kept us alive through the bubonic plague right yeah. like this idea that beer is what sustains us through, <laughs> like, hey, through all the time uh and like yeah, there's like one story and this is my favorite part right talking about like there is the uh during the bubonic plague that's when the lidded uh stein <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you didn't want you didn't want flies to get in your beer because flies they thought flies, flies carried the plague right, yeah. So that's where you get that old the, the, school style right? yeah. with the lid on it was yeah. so you didn't get the plague. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite anecdote, to do my favorite anecdote was um, they uh, believe the pilgrims may have stopped at Plymouth Rock and kept going instead of going on because they had run, ran out of beer supplies on the ship. They're like that's how like that's how much of a necessity it was. They're like uh, Plymouth Rock, should we stay here? Um, I don't know. I think we should maybe like down the coast a little bit more. Dude, we're out of beer. This and I claim this land. <laughs> this is it. Uh, one of the ones I thought. One of the other ones I thought was kind of cool was just, there's this the grist mafia or what was that? Mm. Is that the term of it? God damn! Don't you steal my favorite panel, is Josh? It, I'm not, is, uh, the Groot. I'm sorry, Groot. Uh, so Groot. Groot? Yes, uh, Groot. Or however. That you was say fascinating. It. That's a fascinating. Uh, tale. There's this idea that um, before we started using hops in beer. Uh, we used this thing called Druid, and that was sort of like what gave regulated. It. Yeah. yeah, and so the like the there was like guys in control of the Groot industry, mm. and like uh, you had to pay a tax on it because you weren't paying tax. Like they needed to they needed to make money off of it somehow, and the way they made money off it was by taxing this thing. And then when we moved away from hops, like all these families that were built on this empire of this Gruit. We're now like left to, like, well, what are we gonna do? Well, we're the, you and you, and you must love that as a history teacher because that's something you probably didn't learn about. You no, because it, it really opens up trade. Yeah, uh, that and the creation of hops really opens up the creation of hops. Really, kind of uh, decentralizes power from the churches. Yeah, um, who are putting taxes on these things, and it also opens up trade, <laughs> which is something I did not learn about in my uh, no. AP European history <laughs> no. class. It was not. Uh, it was not one of my long response questions on there. And, uh, was how did beer change? Like how did the? That's great. Like hops opened up the idea that we could trade with all these other places around around the world, and we could trade beer with them. And these 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 churches were no longer like you said. These churches were no longer like the house of beer. You could now brew it in your house and then sell it out of your house because before you would brew it in your house and people would have to come to you to get it. Yeah, the ale the and the women would brew it, right? Yeah, yeah. the ale house. And now that we could preserve it longer, it changed it changed the beer game. Yeah, and it sounds like we're giving away a lot. Like, hey, spoilers alert! There's so every like there's so much information. 
uh, in here that like every page there's like some surprising fact that you have not heard about beer. Super dense. So what do we got here, Anthony? Oh this wow, I've never beer, seen this one. Beer three. This is this is Popgun Pilsner from Speakeasy right. out of San Francisco. On three, boys. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Speakeasy is a great brewery out of San Francisco. The Popgun um, is their Pilsner, but they're probably best known for their Big Daddy IPA and then their Little Daddy IPA. Um, but their their beer is amazing. No matter what you get, if you can find Speakeasy, pick it up. Trust the water. I, I gotta I gotta cleanse, cleanse the palate because that that uh, uh, apocalypse, ch- apocalypse, uh, apocalypse is so thick. I just, I just grabbed Josh's water. Sorry. <laughs> no herpes here. We shared worse. <laughs> mm. That's good. So here's what I want to ask you. Uh, sidetrack from the book. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I encountered this when talking about comics with Josh uh, as more of like uh, when we first started this podcast, I, I was much more the story side of things. Like story was king and sure. I, I had a hard time talking about comic book art uh, uh, to a certain degree. And working with Josh, who actually like he draws and he and he can talk about art, I've, I've learned better ways to talk about art. And so, like the, one of the most basic ways I tell people is like decide whether it's realistic or, car- or or cartoony. That's one like if you want to like you know talk about art, comic book art, that's, that's a good way to approach it, like a base level. Like, is this cartoony or is this uh, more of a realistic? Right. It's yeah, good, yeah. Right. So uh, for beer, when I'm when I'm when I'm at a bar and someone I'm trying to describe the taste of it, do do beers fall? Can I can I break it down into is like sweet or bitter or like is there like a baseline where I can enter a discussion about beer and the t- the flavor of it? I think nowadays, especially with like the popularity of like IPAs, bitterness is where the conversation happens. If you're going to talk about a beer, you're going to talk about like the number of IBUs. And whether it's like really bitter or like easy on the bitters, uh, I think once you start like establishing like a level of bitterness, what you're used to. So if you're like a double IP or triple IP, and you know what that tastes like, and then you're talking about like a, maybe a half a Weizen, which is lower on the, the the bitterness IBU level, you can start having a conversation of like bitterness. But I think where uh, a lot of people start having this conversation about beers is not only in the like the bitterness. But also in like the hop flavors, like what types of hops are being used, but also like malt, like is it like really malty in the in your initial taste or aftertaste? And I think that's where like it really starts to develop as a beer drinker. And when you're trying to have conversations with people at the bar or at a brewery, um, you start talking about IBUs, but then you you gradually move on to these other areas of these basic ingredients to to talk about. So uh, pop quiz, Sobek, um, I need you to. Um Describe this beer. So, if we were, if we were this, we just opened up the Pop Gun Pilsner. Uh, I want you to give me your, your best description of this beer. The way that Josh would describe an artist's art, I want you to describe this this brewer's. This malt was supreme. <laughs> it was supreme. Wow. Well, give it, swish it around. Like, do you swish? Like, I know wine, like you 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 smell, you, you swish. I mean, beer is the same way. You smell it, you take a drink, you give it a little. Put my dick. You in. give it a quick <laughs> swish. You maybe drop a Z in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
stir it up a little bit, give it a little. Definitely, smell, smell has something to do with it, though, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's all very, the smell is very important. I think, uh, I think that's actually one of the uh, one of the things we noticed at the at the Wild and Woody today. Um, was oh, I smell every beer. I had to smell, smell it, smell. and then like, uh, what was it? where was the the peanut butter? It was a peanut one. butter one. Oh yeah, and yeah. it yeah. smelled like yeah. peanut butter. Prescott, but it didn't, Prescott. Yeah, yeah, Prescott, but it didn't yeah. have oh, wow. again They're Prescott really Brewing Company. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But it didn't taste a whole lot it had, like peanut butter. It has like the blackberry, like, yeah. sour like taste, and then just like that. But because you smelled it, it still had that just like hint of aftertaste of like the peanut butter. It was so it was good, it was, but it definitely wasn't like overwhelmingly like Sleepy Dog has a peanut butter like stout. Oh, it's just like for real, yeah. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Have you not been there? I've, not? I've been to Sleepy Dog, but not. Been had Focus. The scrubs. Oh, sorry, across. sorry. Um, so uh, I would say uh, this this Pilsner definitely hits you with a pop gun. Don't read the can. <laughs> it's uh, it's about fail, uh, fail, 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 fail. Watch a professional, Anthony. Go. <coughs> It's definitely light like a Pilsner, right? So if you're looking for a light beer, something similar to what you were, were used to with like a Miller Lite or a Bud Lite, Pop Pilsner, Pop Dunn Pilsner would be a perfect fit. But where it differs from those normal domestics is its flavor. There's definitely a, a more bitter flavor on the back drink of this Pilsner that you wouldn't get with a normal like Bud Lite or a Miller Lite, which I think separates it from the normal domestic brew. I missed the Pilsner part of this book because I, I I was reading it quick. I didn't. I don't think I even finished the book. I know I didn't finish the book. I, like, <laughs> I don't think I finished the book. Um, but um, what's the, what's the pills? What's the deal behind the Pilsner in history of, of beer? Is there a whole section on it? Yeah, I think Pil- Pilsner definitely Pilsner came up later on in the 20th century. As oh, yeah, a, going towards the part where yeah, as a way of um, reaching an audience without. Overwhelming them with flavor and creating something that was easy to brew, but also easy to ship and um, very clear and easy on the IBUs, but also low ABV. So a, a pilsner is is like a really good bridge from domestic to IPAs, huh? Uh, I would say pilsner is what you expect from a normal domestic, um, but finding a good pilsner from a craft brewery that is full of flavor, like the Popgun Pilsner. Or um, um, I'm trying to think of another Pilsner that I've had recently. I probably suggested it to you, Sobek. Um, but there are other Pilsners out there that are full of flavor that are, um, oh, um, Shower Beer Pilsner from Champion Brewery. Um, these are types of Pilsners that are, follow a lot of the same uh, uh, lines of a Anheuser-Busch or a Miller Lite or a PBR that will make it light for the drinker, but... Because of their um, background as a craft brewery and their use of ingredients, will be a little bit more flavorful than what you'd expect from a domestic brewery. And so it's kind of that. It's it is a really nice bridge between, hey, I drink Bud Light. Well, okay, have this Pop Gun Pilsner. It's a very easy bridge to make from your domestic to your craft brew yeah, yeah. and beyond. You know, uh, jumping back into the book, I think one of the things I, I like about this book, what I gravitate to, and I, we're all teachers in the room. We're all four teachers here, three English yeah. teachers and a history teacher in the room. Um, as teachers, you're constantly trying to struggle to find that spoonful of sugar that's going to help the medicine go down with whatever you're trying to uh, – yeah. Just a spoonful. <laughs> Is that your falsetto? <laughs> oh, hello. It's me. <laughs> Um, so you're constantly trying to find that spoonful of sugar that's going to help people consume information. Yeah. Uh, and I think that not only 
I not only did I learn about beer, I learned about parts of history yeah. unrelated to beer that are running contrary to the development of beer that I was like, I never knew that. I never knew that. Um, so I think I really love uh, writers and or any kind of um, books like this or any media that really tries to package really uh, engaging information and lots of facts into a fun way. Like, remember, they always had like they tried it for a while. It was like Simpsons and philosophy, or like Batman. But this, I this, love that book. This isn't. I mean, those. I mean, those can be fun ways to do it. Like the movie Road Trip. They're like, oh, you gotta learn ancient philosophy in twelve hours. We just gotta connect to something you know. He goes, what do you love? WWF. Oh, I can teach you ancient philosophy. <laughs> um, so the idea was, I think this goes above and beyond those those books you see at like Barnes and Noble, which like Batman and philosophy or Game yeah. of Thrones and philosophy. This is actually like a work within itself. But I love the fact that if I was a college professor in history, I would hand this out no matter what I was teaching just to show kids uh, or students that find something that you love and then follow the thread. Follow yeah. the thread of that because yeah. uh, whatever your passion is, even if it's uh, – if let's, say, let's take WWF wrestling. Let's follow that thread all the way back to the beginning. And let's look at talk about you're you're going to encounter theater. You're going to encounter yeah. the Greeks. You're going to encounter all these different things. Yeah, you know, exploration of that. Whatever and that's what this book does. Whatever really you're passionate well. about, there's a narrative out there yeah. for it that hasn't been told or that isn't told, In, right? And yeah. I feel like there's a narrative for beer that isn't told but should be told, right? And we have this narrative of a beer has motivated people to again we've we've said this before but build the pyramids or beer has motivated people to you know. Um, Establish peace, right? If we look at World War One, like beer has motivated people to do a lot of things, right? But this is a narrative that we're not told because, quote unquote, beer is bad, and that like alcoholism is 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 a result of beer. But like beer is in and of itself is a very powerful narrative throughout history, no matter what lens you're looking at it through. So this is my question, to you guys. Uh, I'm going to spring it on you here. Uh, so they use beer as the thread to go back through history and tie things together. Uh, what, like, a, a beer isn't something that you typically see in a comic book form and, and go back through history. What other subject that people don't, maybe not know enough about would, could you write a comic book like this on? Could you do a comic book like this? They chose beer. What would, you, what else could you do it on? Sobek? Why are you doing this? Uh, what should I grab next? Because uh, we're going to tell them to pumpkin What 20. else could they do a comic book like this on? Anything. Well, I, I think that actually speaks to um, to your point. Wait, it's wait. whatever it is that you're like passionate about. You can, like you said, you just give this to the, those people. I think that that can, if you can tie the thread to it, you could you could write a comic book like this on on anything really. I think beer fits really well throughout history. Um, well, maybe not necessarily in that way. Maybe not necessarily but, something through history, but right. what, if you could do the history yeah, of yeah. something. What would you do it in comic? Or if you had to tell somebody the story of something, what would you what would you want to do a comic book version of it of? Or a topic? I, I would say the history of the narrative. Like, and I know this is the narrative is the story, but I think the way we view a narrative throughout history is very different depending on the generation. Like the history of stories. No, just like how we tell a narrative throughout history. Okay. Uh, and I think we'll find that like a narrative throughout. A narrative throughout time has been very, not only similar, and I think that that like communicates a sense of like, um, of oneness throughout history. But it, it has something very human about it that we have heroes, we have antiheroes, that we have 
our problems, we have solutions throughout history that are beyond ourselves that we think that like, oh shit, I'm going through something that is unique or I'm going through something that's only uh, only I know about. But when you look at it through a narrative of history and through a, a, a history of storytelling that we'll, we would find that, you know, problems and, and solutions have existed throughout all time. It's just a matter of what you're looking for. And I think that's probably, and that's the English teacher in me, the, probably the most powerful narrative that you can tell, the, probably the most powerful story you can tell is that we all have stories, we all have solutions, that we all have issues. The narrative of narratives? Yeah. Narrative oh, that's a good title for a book. It's yeah. very meta. You asked me... my first chapter if, in my book if, called The Narrative of Narratives. <laughs> other than beer, what would I talk about storytelling? For what about sure. you, Josh? Uh, I think uh, History of Punk Rock. I would I'd, I'd skip rock and roll and I just do the comic book history of punk rock, and you know start with like the early stuff, MC Five, the Stooges, work your way through to you know the anti Reagan sort of eighties era, um, through the you know the nineties pop punk stuff. Like what what would I want to do one on punk rock? Yeah, <laughs> I. I was just gonna say, I think I think there's a a couple that I could think of, like what what uh, Anthony was saying with the the narratives. I would go like the narrative of like the hero or the the antihero, and a, as I was thinking about it, it's almost like um, speaking of comic books, that like the comic book hero fits right into that. Like you could do a whole history of. Like a, a comic, comic book hero. history of comics, basically, yeah. like of of where the heroes have gone, and you can talk about the DC Marvel and the split and and the universe and how like all of the those comics have created like the different styles of heroes yeah. that are created in there, and including in that sense the anti hero um, that like the, the English teachers just love yeah. so much. Right. So, like yeah. you get to the, hit that, yeah. like I like yeah. you get to hit that '90s era of like <laughs> '90s comic books, and so you get to. I think what I'd like to see it like the comic book history of comics, but every section drawn like that era. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> oh, that'd actually, be that'd really, be really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, starting from like the the I don't know, even twenties, thirties. Yeah, started, the old school, like, yeah. you know, the old school looking Superman <laughs> ones. That's a good segue into the art in this book. And we talked about uh, no one talks uh, beer better than Anthony. No one talks art better than my boy over here, Joshua. So I'm a Joshua. I'm gonna give you the first. Uh, uh, actually, you know what? I'm gonna give you the last stab in because okay. you're gonna All hit right. you're gonna you're gonna hit home and knock everyone <laughs> out. Um, so, uh, Anthony, this is the third comic book that you've read. Two, yeah. on, you've, yep. you've done um, Lock and Key yep. with us. Uh-huh. Go back and listen to the episode. Our first guest, Anthony. Uh, you've done All My Ghost. Yep. Two completely different styles of art, Very. and then now you've done this. So, what yep. do you, how would you what do you think about the art in this? Uh, man, I I like the art in this. Uh, not fooled. Is it a bit bitter? <laughs> no, I, I I like the art in this. It's got a a realist element to it. Like I can see it, and like obviously, like this makes sense. But it's got a humor element to it. Like on page sixty eight, and it's talking about like uh, a time in beer where only a certain group of family controlled certain elements of the beer industry. And right above this guy holding this barrel of beer, it's a, it has the 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 Godfather logo, but. For the specific the lo- Groot, the Groot's, right, right, yeah, the yeah. Groot's father, and so I think that although this uh, this you know I I would say this is a very realistic, and I think this is maybe because I'm like, hey, these guys actually look like people; they don't have like wings or anything like that. <laughs> I would call this realist, but yeah. a comic book person may call it something else. Okay. But I have this like 
uh, it, it feels very real to it, but it also has this humor element. So, like, it has the Godfather logo, and then uh, when people are waiting to uh, receive their payment for building the pyramids, they're standing in lines to say beer and, like, food. And people are, like, the food line's overwhelmingly larger than the, the, the beer line, or the, excuse me, the food line. So I think there's this comic element to this, um, to this artwork. You got, like, the, the Lego art for the... The yeast eating up the right. sugar. So there's this like element, like this whimsical element yeah, of yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. this artwork. But at the same time, there is this very real element of um, that this is a very human and natural thing that humanity has worked towards and suffered for for thousands of years. Great. I think that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try Master Guru San. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. Um, and see what I can do uh, based okay. on what I've learned from Josh. So, Josh, yeah. here's what I saw here with the art. Okay. This is a real throwback to, like, I feel like 1980s house style, I like late 80s house style of the big never two. Said that. Um, <laughs> it's like what you would see, um, maybe like, uh, like maybe more like what Bronze Age kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, more like I feel like this is like stuff that was ha- like. The house style, like, 1985 to, like, 1992, kind of. Um, and I, I like it because it, it, it's – this is – it just brings you back. Everything is, is crystal clear. I, I wouldn't – I don't know if I'd necessarily say realistic. There is some, definitely some cartooning going on here. Um, and they switch it up. And this this artist is able to switch up st- – he has, he has a couple of styles on display in here. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, the main style is kind of what you would see more – um, twenty years ago, as as a standard in the industry. Yeah, you know, I I think I think you're right. I think it's a pretty good. Uh, I th- the way to do it, I would say it's a very workmanlike art, right? Um, he's he's like Aaron McConnell isn't the greatest, but I you know he does a really good job uh, with facial features with. Uh, giving you some, you know, some, there's some acting that goes on because most of these panels are. Uh, he was told to, you know, he's essentially like giving you a paragraph from a, you know, an, like a book on beer, and he's doing his best to like turn that into something. So he does a really good job. He he can draw a car, man. I'll give him that. When you get to like the section on the nineteen, <laughs> like the nineteen twenties and all that stuff, I mean, he doesn't really. Do can draw, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great artist. It's there's some not stuff, just cars. No, but, but I mean, there's, there's some stuff that's that like you're like, oh, he can draw horses pretty but well. I and, love in the prehistoric time. He's still drawing books of me, books of me women. Like yeah. the women are like all like Tarzan <laughs> women. I love it. Yeah, uh, like I think the it's, gods it's of good. brew and stuff like that. Uh, the coloring's really good on it. I was surprised uh, that the coloring is as good as it is. It, I, I think it, I, I love it for what this for this piece. Yeah. Would, I think it would be this tough type of text, right? to fit yeah. into like a, a fictional narrative in in like the big three day image DC. Uh, and I think uh, I think I, I totally wouldn't mind seeing this guy do like a regular book. I kind of like his style. It's got this you know this simple but. Um, <coughs> This sort it's, of, it's straightforward and easy to yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like something you get to work hard towards or anything. It's like that. almost. It, it reminds me. Remember we read. Um, oh man, it, it's like uh, Fatal. What's it, what's the dude's name from Fatal? Oh, um, uh, oh, uh, not Fatal. It is uh, a remender. No, um, no, it's Brubaker and, and uh, um, Sean Phillips. Phillips, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So Sean Phillips. It's a little Sean Phillipsy, but a little more cartoony. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, he's, got, he's, got that, yeah. he's got that hard I don't know, also line. the fact that, that it, it's, it's colored well, but not colored as well as <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Fade Out. But, but he's, got, he's got that, you know, that uh, sort of style on it that I, I kind of dig throughout. It's pretty good. Excellent. So while we were talking about that, we opened up another uh, uh, brew here as we're coming, uh, getting, winding down. Uh, what do we open up here, Anthony? Uh, we've opened up Lagunitas Stupid Wit. We opened up Necronomicon. Oh, oh stupid. Stupid Wit. And uh, Lagunitas is a pretty big brewery in the United States. Yeah, I, I see. La, uh, is it how you pronounce it? Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Yeah, you see this. You see that on a lot of different um, uh, beer. Yeah, and, and they kind of they switch their labels up a lot, so it's not like that standard like uh, Anheuser. So yeah, it, 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 it's not like it that takes normal like, shapes yeah, and forms for sure. Uh, but Lagunitas is a big brewery out of uh, Santa, Ro- uh, excuse me, Penaloma, California. Shit, six point three percent alcohol, son. Yeah, their their motto is uh, "Beer speaks, people mumble," and that's where we're, we're heading. We're heading. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are there. Yeah, but they've there. Uh, they're Ooh. they're out of Santa Rosa, California, and it's an amazing brewery. They produce a lot of beer. Uh, they've opened up a, a location in Chicago that produces their their uh, Midwest distribution. They're opening one up in Southern California to produce their Southwest distribution, but they're they're a rising member of the craft brew mart. And uh, Heineken bought their international distribution for forty nine percent, and so they're they're distributing worldwide. Okay, but, yeah, and that's that's, that's uh, you know one of the questions I have is um, you know when uh, craft beers when they take off locally when they sell out when, yeah yeah when they sell out there we go let's not, let's not cheat around it hey, wait, let me get let me get a liquid courage <laughs> uh i mean motherfuckers sell out man like what does that do the market I, man it, it, it's like as a as a connoisseur are you like do that or it you depends like, it depends on your definition of selling out um places like anheuser bush buying up breweries completely and allowing them to distribute is one thing but places like uh, Heineken only buying the international market for Anheuser-Busch at 49% is a completely different selling out than completely selling. Right. right? So Lagunita still, still has control of its domestic distribution as well as a majority of its international distribution. But Heineken definitely is a strong arm and its leverage for international distribution. Uh, we look at uh, places like uh, Ballas Point. Places like Ballas Point, who have uh, sold into Constellation Brewery um, in order to gain distribution. Ballas Point is a place that uh, I think Sobek and I would agree is producing one of some of the best beer in the United States and uh, the, the best beer. I've seen that. They always have the, the fun pictures on their beers. Fun pictures, yeah, but this is how I define beer. But the best variety of beer. And buying into Constellation, the owners of uh, Corona allows them to distribute more widely than what they were originally able to do. I think, depending on the deal that the brewery works out, can lead to better circumstances. So, like, a deal like such with uh, uh, Constellation, as Ballas Point, or Lagunitas with uh, Heineken, leads to good distribution shares. But deals like with uh, Anheuser-Busch through uh, Goose Island or uh, Four Peaks are... Deals that don't work well for the craft brew community, but work better for the, work well for the individual brewery, but not for the community as a whole. Dude, are you voting for Trump? Hell no! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let me ask you yeah. guys. Uh, we do we recommend this? <laughs> well, right before we do that, we we went to this. Uh, we drank many beers today, so I want to ask you right now. Yeah. I'm going to ask you right now. Ooh, good question. What was the best beer you had today? Good question. If you could give me two, 
Don't tell me the history of the beer. If you can give me one, awesome. But if you're like, you know, it's a toss up, give me the toss up. So, so bad. That's what uh, was it? Was it? Um, the German chocolate cake is definitely my favorite. Is that border, yeah, Borderlands? Borderlands. Yeah. The German chocolate so, cake was my favorite uh, as well. Dulce. Oh, yeah. Dulce. Um, I would say Borderlands German chocolate cake um, was just, just, hands down, it was amazing. Uh, I like darker beers just in general, um, like like the Achocalypse. And then the, the other one that um, I've always been a huge fan of is the Pie Hole Porter. Um, which is historic brewing is the it's the pie hole, it's the pie um, hole. Gotcha, the and pie and so uh, at at the festival they actually had a um, a barrel aged pie hole from historic brewing that I thought was just was uh, spot on. I had a little bit too much barrel aged at, <laughs> just in general there, but I thought the pie hole porter was just it it was really rich. I really liked it a lot. So those two would be my my top two. Anthony, best one. Um, I'm going to follow up so by saying that historic, I I didn't have it tonight, but I know it from previous experience. The undercover cucumber lager is super good. I mean, amazing and best lager I've, I've had, bar none. Um, I would say that's amazing. But so you hear that, America? Uh, Anthony loves the undercover cucumber. He loves the cucumber he under loves his covers. Loves the undercover cucumber. <laughs> uh, Never coming back to this podcast. <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't say that was the best night. And um, I would say probably the best one that I had tonight, and I, and I told you this earlier, so back that I don't think it's a popular pick. I think it might seem uh, biased, uh, but I think the passion fruit sculpin was the best that I had tonight. And I, I, I think anybody who listens to this who drinks beer knows that sculpin is one of the best IPAs in America. Uh, and then they have different fruit variants of it. They have the uh, grapefruit. They have the the pineapple. Uh, and I think there's a lot of variants to it, and they're all kind of like similar. But the pineapple, the, excuse me, the passion fruit sculpin that I had tonight definitely set itself as, apart from the normal sculpin lineup that they have. And I think Ballast Point really hit it out of the park of the, the the passion fruit sculpin. I agree. That was that was probably like my number three, um, and it was fan it was fantastic. I don't think it's it's not like an unpopular choice. It's almost like it's just like too much of the popular choice. I mean, people are <laughs> because used, it's, what about people are used to the sculpin. All right, hey, it's just so dorks, like good. Ease up. But it's, Josh, it's an what's amazing. Your favorite beer? Beer. If I had to pick just one, say peanut butter. You, you don't say that very often. <laughs> you don't accuse guests of being dorks too very often. Yeah. So the, the best one I had tonight was probably the uh, the German chocolate. Was probably one yeah, of the best ones. Borderlands. Uh, the the one that kicked my ass tonight was the sixteen point seven percent Bell's Honey. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called. But you, I mean, holy you forgot. shout out to Bell's holy Michigan. Sixteen point seven percent. It was ridiculous. All right, I'm so, gonna say my favorite of what we drank this podcast. I have. Uh, five beers. Oh, I mean, you don't have them all. I brought, I brought more than these. I, I know what to do. Drink one off the thing. And you know what? You can find uh, reviews of all of these beers on 100brews.com. Correct? No, not yet. They will be up there but soon. They will be. By the time this soon. episode is out, this will this all these brews will be. <laughs> get to drinking, Anthony. Um, I would say I like the um, honestly the Red Hook. Red Hook Red is Hook. amazing. Red Hook's good. It's 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 subtly a very good beer. Like you wouldn't expect this beer to be amazing. But the Red Hook ESB is the it's best ESB out there, and it's been the best Red Hook that Red Hook p- produces. Yeah, so why we had – that was um, – so this – I'm feeling pretty buzzed at the end of this podcast. This is definitely a, a – uh, I'm glad we did this. This is fun. Yeah. I've never drank so much during a podcast and kept <laughs> it together. 
Um, as soon as as soon as this podcast ends, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> but um, we uh, we had just finished up our our summer of read, and I like to um, call this our uh, Oktoberfest of fall first episode because as you know, Oktoberfest really isn't in October; it's in September when this episode comes Thanks, out. Thanks, America. So, um, so this is this is. Weaning us into our fall reads and our Halloween reads. So, uh, Josh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember you can find us at www.comicexposure.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. Uh, check us out there. Uh, go back to the website. Check out all the old podcasts from Comic Book Summer. Uh, we had a bunch of great books, a bunch of great guests like Anthony, who's on from one of our summer books. Whoa, whoa. Uh, I want to thank Anthony and Sobek for coming on and talking about beer and drinking a lot with me today. It was good times. Uh, and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, We'll see you next trade. <laughs> <laughs>